everybody. This is Bill Cameron from The Drive. Podcasts of The Drive are presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, now hiring for great-paying skilled trade positions. Call 334-209-6355 to learn more. Thanks for listening. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. It is the Friday edition of The Drive, sort of an overcast Friday afternoon. Actually had, oh, I could probably count them on both hands, drops of rain um, at the house at around 2.30. Well, actually, I was out in the yard, and I thought, oh, good, it's going to rain, and then it didn't stop. And then I had maybe eight drops on the windshield on the way in, so... The slight chance of rain this afternoon. Actually, um, if it's going to rain, go ahead and do it because we've got uh, pretty big baseball coming up a little later on. We will talk about that and anything you would like sports-wise here on the Friday edition of The Drive. Bill, Dan, it is Friday, but Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer is here in the studio with us. And Drew is at the controls. So we've got a, a fairly full house um, a lot more people than are usually in this building on a Friday afternoon as we come to you from the WOW Business Studio. Yeah, nearing capacity here, at, right. here at Auburn Network Headquarters with uh, with four people here at 4 o'clock on a Friday. Uh, no, you, you can get the speed you need with super fast business internet when you switch to WOW. Visit wowforbusiness.com. Hour number one of the drive brought to you by our friends at Kia of Auburn on South College and kiaofauburn.com. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one and also the sponsor of our hotline where we welcome guests when they can't be with us here in the studio uh, and the number to get you through is 334-321-1390 you can also text the show 334-564-1840 on the drive text box presented by southeastern industrial contractors so let's uh let, let's get it going here on this friday friday the 13th mm. that's right yeah Friday the thirteenth. A, a uh, you know it, it doesn't. I mean, I guess that that would sports ex- and superstition are you know go go pretty uh, pretty hand in hand. That would ex- that would explain the uh, what what the uh, the sort of the, the unusual weather the uh, you know the the sun, sunshine and uh, the the occasional drops of rain on the, on the way here. But no, for the most part, a uh, yeah a, a, a an exciting weekend. If you follow national sports with different playoff races getting a little bit more interesting, even even in baseball, uh, it's it's a. a I mean, tonight you've got a bunch of exciting pitchers, but with with Justin here, you know, I, I figure we we start with the um, oh, got to start with the news yesterday. Yeah, we, we got to start with the Auburn yeah. headlines and and the big Auburn headline. And I know you you wrote a piece about uh, Julian Phillips after he chose uh, Tennessee. What, what what can you tell us about uh, uh, the uh, the basketball player uh, that that, uh, that Auburn almost uh, uh, picked up? Yeah, he's going to be a really good fit at Tennessee, and um, you know, an, an incredible slashing type of uh, wing that I thought would have been really interesting to watch in a Bruce Pearl offense. I think he would have had a chance to be the best offensive like small forward that Pearl's had in a while, uh, at least at Auburn. Um, and, uh, you know, not a guy who necessarily would have helped Auburn a ton with their three-point shooting, 
right off the bat, but it's something that he's adding to his game and expanding on. But a really good, really talented, um, you know, small forward that gets after it on the boards, uh, plays, you know, one of the toughest dudes I've seen to slow down uh, getting to the basket. So he's going to be a great fit at Tennessee. Um, and uh, I think the big thing here, uh, and, I, and I'm sure you guys talked about it yesterday, <clears throat> but the talk of like Tennessee and the NIL and all that with with Julian Phillips, I think the thing that I wrote about today that kind of underscored all this for me, Tennessee desperately needed Julian Phillips. Yeah, whereas we, we, did. Auburn, we talked about that a lot yesterday. Whereas for Auburn, he would have been a very big luxury pickup for him. Mm-hmm. Like, not a make-or-break type of player for the roster. Obviously, he would have been the second highest-rated player you've ever gotten if you had gotten him, and that would have been huge. But like, it's not necessarily something where it's like, Oh wow, you don't have them, and that changes the direction or the sh- you know it just shifts where you think of Auburn basketball right now. Meanwhile, Tennessee's had six guys going to the portal this off season. Um, Kennedy Chandler is going to the NBA, and they are coming off of a, uh, they're coming off. Fulkerson's of a, finally out of eligibility. Yeah, they, I mean, after you know after after playing since Phillips the Civil is going to be ended. player number nine or number ten for them scholarship wise. And we were talking about this. This was about to max out Auburn's. Yeah. Scholarship, um, you know, count. So, you know, would have been huge for Auburn. Would have been great for him to get, obviously, because he's a really good player. But it was one of those things where it's like Tennessee needed to pull out all the stops to get him, and they did. Whereas Auburn wanted to take advantage of a second chance, especially with the fact that he was formerly committed to play at LSU with Yoan Treor, who you now have on your team. It was just easy, like. I think Auburn would be better served, and I think this might be the direction they go in. Getting maybe a bigger guard, um, you know, a guy who has a little bit more two-three versatility than necessarily three-four, which is what you would have gotten in Julian Phillips. But I mean, come on, he's a five-star player. If you get another shot, you go after it. Now you get a reset. Now you get to look around and say, okay, who makes sense here? Who we who could we go get? And the thing is, is that you know, no one is like really super linked to Auburn at this point. Um, in the transfer portal, but there are a lot of two guards and threes in the portal that I think could really, really help out Auburn if they wanted to go that direction. And and and, there, and we talked about you know we mentioned a couple of them. I guess uh, uh, the the UTC guard is mm-hmm. uh, somebody we talked Malachi. about. Malachi, yep, Malachi. Um, but there are a couple of couple of ways I look at it, Justin. One is anyone you go after, it's going to be very difficult. To guarantee them yeah. 25, 30 minutes yeah. a game, it was so a- it's going to have to be somebody who understands that and 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 doesn't have that as their top need. And the other thing is, if Auburn doesn't fill that spot, they can go ahead and satisfy their mm-hmm. obligation with the NCAA. One hundred percent. And um, I, I think with I think with Julian Phillips, I like, if they would have gotten Julian Phillips, it would have already been interesting to see how him and Alan Flanagan would get good playing time next season. Just how they would, mm-hmm. how Auburn would manage that. Again, it's why I say Tennessee really, really needed him. Um, and Auburn was like, yeah, this would be like an upgrade to like it, it, it would be like an already stacked team getting you know a great player added onto it. it. It would be like watching the Los Angeles Dodgers make literally any move in the offseason. without 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 Phillips. It does seem like it's more important for Alan Flanagan to to resemble the player he was the yeah. first couple of years of his Auburn yeah. career as opposed to the guy coming off a very serious injury who was thrust into action without but, uh, w- without playing in the preseason and and playing with a bunch of new teammates and still recovering yeah. from from a, a pretty serious lower body injury. So uh, and, and I would also add that 
keep in mind, you still have Chance Westry, who's not a five-star, but he's dang close to it. Still a top 50 player. Yeah, he, he, he is currently, I think, the fourth or fifth best player Auburn's ever signed. I'm guilty of forgetting that Chance yeah. Westry is going to slot in here and get minutes, too, because sometimes when you're, yeah, I mean, with, with Julian Phillips, it was... You know, imagining where he fits in, you can almost. It, it was easy to ignore that there are true yeah. freshmen that are going to be competing for minutes too. And if they can shoot, I mean, there could be a lot of minutes available for him. Oh yeah, uh, I mean, you think about it. Five or six years ago, Chance Westry would have been yeah. one of the biggest deals ever in you know. I mean, he's Mustafa Heron, to you, right? I mean, he's, he's Mustafa yeah. Heron six years ago. You're, you're talking about a player that at a similar position. Is higher rated coming out of high school than Isaac Okora and Chuma Okiki. Mm-hmm. Right. One of them a top five pick. The other one should have been a lottery pick if he didn't blow out his knee. Like that's Auburn's track record with guys like that is, is pretty, pretty pretty really good. So like yeah, I mean that's the other thing. Flanagan, Westry, and Phillips. Like how they how they figured out how to play all those guys would have been fascinating. Now I think this could be a little bit more in the range of maybe you go get more of a guy that looks more like it too or. A big guard. Um, Bill yeah. made Bill made reference to the probation, uh, to the the four year probation that Auburn could, yeah. you know, that they could put. They the could scholar- go ahead and knock it out. They right could now. count the scholarship towards that. Did the scholarship they used last year that went to Preston Cook was that? Was they were that still one? one short. Okay, so they they could have used that one. Mm-hmm. They they couldn't have used that one towards the the, the probation. Well, uh, last year, I mean, that, that's or, or they could have, they and, could they decided, have. and they decided they, have, they yeah. decided to use it. Yeah. And so, and and not look, I'm I'm pro rewarding walk ons for their hard work and yeah. and providing a scholarship. That's a curious decision when you have scholarships to sacrifice. But you never, but you never max out thirteen. But, yeah, anyway. not not very often. And, and you're, you're not and you're not going to play thirteen. You're not that's gonna play true. 13. No, so so I wonder if uh, I wonder how interesting you, know, you didn't even play two of the guys you had last year very often. It's right. it's just I think that now that. Because there's a benefit to not filling the scholarship, there is if if they feel like the roster can compete right now, or can can more than compete, can can fulfill the goals of the coaching staff right now. It, you know, there there is there is something to be gained from not filling this one and and letting it go. At the same time, there's talented players in the portal right now, yeah, and there could be more of them when they drop out of the NBA draft. And, we, and, and maybe that, you can find point, maybe yeah. you can find someone that because that deadline's I think June first. Yes, is. is the deadline for. But they already have to have been in the portal, and I think most of the players in the NBA draft also yes. went into the portal. So, uh, assuming and I believe Malachi uh, counts as I believe he's he's one of those players in the mm-hmm. uh, in, in in the portal, but also in the NBA draft. Tevin um, Brown, another Tevin, one. Tevin Brown, who mentioned Auburn on Twitter today. I guess there's something some sort of meme that involved uh, that, that got Tevin Brown. Oh yeah, uh, he it, was the he was the guy that got him got everybody the hostage. To, yeah, hostage situation. Yeah, he he bro- he brokered the peace between Auburn Twitter and Murray State. Okay, good. So because yes. Murray State famously deleted yes. uh, their final score tweet. Um, there's a, there's another one that uh, that was interesting, and this one kind of came up last uh, yesterday, where I was like. Very, very interesting to see if Auburn tries to make a push there because there is a tie here, or somewhat, there's a tie, there's a tie here. But um, Matthew Meyer from Baylor. Yeah, now he's not exactly a guard. Now he plays kind of guard. <laughs> yeah. He would be a three, I think, oh, yeah. at, at Auburn. But a guy that, you know, mm-hmm. Baylor used him as a big guard. And uh, career 36% three point shooter. Um, huge. He's 6'9. Yeah. And uh, fourth year, fourth year senior. He would, this would be his fifth year of college ball. He's supposed he's in the draft process right now, but if he decides to come back to school, he's in the portal. And there's a bunch of teams that have gone after him, including all, uh, Alabama and I believe Arkansas as well um, have been in the mix. And uh, there seemed to be a little bit of chatter yesterday that Auburn might try to move. Yeah, where move did there. that come from? 
just uh, I, I think it was a, a couple of recruiting folks being like, this seems, you know, it was one of those things where it was like, this sounds like it, this could be a plan B, this could be an option. It'll be interesting because you have one spot left, right? Like you have a, yeah. you would have a board, so to speak, I, it, it, of, it, of, who, of who to get. I, I was a little surprised when I saw that. I couldn't figure the legitimacy of it if it was just someone going, "Hey, Auburn was after one six eight guy. Here's another one that's about that size." If that's, we're playing, that if we're played wing, if we're playing, wouldn't it be cool if Auburn got this guy who's currently in the transfer portal? I'd like to toss Teddy Allen. In, into the mix. Yeah. This year. I, I know he's not your cup of tea necessarily. I think he's going to go play for his old coach. I think yeah. he's going to Mississippi State eventually. I just, I, the fit wise would be interesting. It would, it would be interesting. I mean, he's, but he's probably more of a true two than, yes. I mean, I, I mean than, than anyone on the roster right now. And he's yes. six, six. So it is, I mean, it's not like you're bringing in, like Xavier Pinson would be a really weird acquisition because he feels like you've already got. Yeah, you don't need another And Bruce guard. has pretty much said, you know, he doesn't want to mess with exactly you, three you, you, guys you, you, there. Although, but I think uh, I think and a, it'll be four with Donaldson. I think a six-six guard that could play some three, like Teddy Allen, who scored forty points against UConn in the NCAA tournament, right. uh, would, would be would be an interesting acquisition if yeah, yeah, if yeah. you made him. I think he's going to go somewhere where he's going to get the ball more, and the fact that his coach at New Mexico State just got a job in the SEC makes you right. like it's it's very easy to draw. That line. There are some big names in the transfer portal. Probably not going to end up at Auburn for for different reasons, including the fact that yeah, you don't have the playing time uh, to to guarantee that maybe some of the other uh, rebuilding or reloading superpowers do. Uh, but there are. I mean, there are going to be some big there are decisions. Huge names. There are going to be some big Monty decisions. Bates, Patrick Baldwin. I mean, there there's some there's some monster names. Kenny Lofton's big. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the names. I mean, I'm surprised he hadn't picked somewhere yet. You know, Auburn was. Linked to him early. You wonder if 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 uh, and then they end up getting Janai Broom and, yeah, and Yoan Yo Traor. If Broom picks Florida, you wonder if Auburn, you know, who who Auburn maybe pursues in the big man mix. If yeah, they, if the thing missed, there missed out on the Broom. thing there though is that Broom was just a perfect perfect yes. fit for what Auburn needed. It's hard to find somebody that like just rim protection alone. Um, we'll be very interested to see where Jamarian Sharp, the guy who competed closest with. Uh, uh, Walker Kessler last season and uh, how many blocks can I get is going to go. He's in the portal as well. A giant uh, too, right? Seven five. I mean, yeah, it's. I mean, it's wild that there's a seven five guy who's like in the portal for a while and it's not the the. the He's play. not the big name. He's uh, yeah, the yeah. big guy, but yeah. But yeah, there's a lot of talent. There's a ton of talent in, in the portal, and you know Auburn. This is a good opportunity to kind of sit back and reset. But that's another thing. You know, you mentioned. The NBA draft deadline is June first. Like, so there might be some more guys in there that come in there. It's like, you know what? I'm going to go college. Um, or I'm going to come back to college and I'll go somewhere else. It's like you don't have to have this lockdown. You think about this. Think about the guard position last year for Auburn. Thought you had Trey Alexander. Thought you had De- Desi Sills. You ended up getting neither of them. Uh, and then here comes Katie Johnson. Like this all kind of happens, you know, uh, it's an ongoing process. It'll kick into the summer in the alternate universe where like Wes Flanagan gets a head coaching job and Allen follows him like and Auburn's pursuing a a three that they can, they can offer 30 minutes to, I think they have a better sales pitch for Julian Phillips. They have a better sales pitch for Julian Phillips. I I wonder in that case, because Bates gets all the attention, but Josh Minot was a massive recruit Mm -hmm. too. Uh, and and he's also and then there's the is it Patrick Baldwin you mentioned Patrick Baldwin who, you know his I, dad just got fired in Milwaukee I, I have to imagine there's a superpower that might you know kick the tires on on former Wayne. top ten recruit yeah I mean you you think and and Bates everyone seems to think Bates is going to Louisville yes um so which is I mean not not bad work for the 
for Kenny sure. Payne, Kenny Payne has come in there immediately and is going to just draw up as many transfers as he can get to go ahead and like try to make this a fun, competitive Louisville team right off the bat. Yeah, there's two really interesting strategies from new hires that that stand out, and it's you know I mean yeah Bates if he chooses Louisville to have Bates and Huntley Hatfield, you know two two of the the, the top big man recruits mm-hmm. of, of the last few years choose Louisville as a second school. I mean that's what a vote of confidence for that for that first year head coach Kenny Payne, and then. You've got Coach McMahon at LSU, who's just getting the band back together. He's got three Murray State yeah. players to transfer in, uh, including the Conference Player of the Year. Uh, and maybe, uh, if I mean, I have to imagine they're the clubhouse leader if Tevin Brown decides to play another year of college basketball, just because three Murray State players and his coach have all decided to go to LSU. And as Bill points out, it's not that far from Fairhope. Baton Rouge is a an easy drive, mm-hmm. and and maybe maybe he would be pursu- if if. He decides if he, to, if it's about it's it's about equidistant from from here mm-hmm. to Fairhope. Fairhope. I would imagine if Tevin Brown pulled out of the draft and decided to come back to college, I would imagine Auburn w- would go hard for him. And then it would be interesting to see if they they could overcome all those connections right. at LSU uh, for sure. But yeah, this is I know I know Auburn has 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 had a lot of interest in Tevin. I mean, this goes back to when he was in high school. Bruce liked him in high school, and it was just the the board ended up shaking out differently and and. You know, he was not a guy that necessarily everybody that it screamed, oh, clear cut SEC player right off the bat. He goes to Murray though and, and tears it up and um, has a shot to be in the NBA. It'll be interesting to see what the league thinks of him and uh, if it's enough for him to stay in the draft or decide to come back to college. With with Malachi Smith, I, I would imagine the next step would be see if he pulls out of the draft. Yeah, and then if he's out of the draft, maybe he starts looking at because I because I can't. You I, start you'll start running into that pretty soon because the combine's coming up. Um, if you're not invited, or yeah. what you hear when, if you are invited, will be very key. Like I, I would think that he's not really pursuing his transfer portal options right uh-huh. now because all of his energy is being focused on the draft. I'm, same thing with Meyer. Same thing yeah. with Tevin Brown. With the Tevin Brown. Yeah. Now. So, so he has to drop. The next step would be drop out of the draft, and then maybe he starts taking official visits, things mm-hmm. like that. But I mean, that's another player who, by the way, Jamal Johnson going to uh, UT Chattanooga. Uh, for you know the, uh, the the former Auburn player, who's Javon Franklin picked Georgia Tech today. George, Javon oh, Franklin to, uh, yeah. to Georgia Tech. Good, so. mo- good, good move for him. Um, you know, go to he goes to South, has a pretty good season at South, and is back in a power conference pretty quickly. Um, and uh, you know, Georgia Tech's not necessarily tearing it up recently, but um, you know, I think guys like. Jose Alvarado for the for the Pelicans this year and and some other, like you you can see where that can still be a pretty good destination to land and just categorically real quick uh, Auburn not uh, not pursuing Justin Powell I heard that he was lining up a visit to St Bonaventure okay. so mm-hmm. that's probably about the range you're looking at right that, now. that it seems like that that reunion won't won't happen if if uh, if Auburn goes after a sharpshooter uh, in the portal that they have familiarity with, it'll be Tevin Brown. It, it will not be just about. We'll get to our first break. We'd love for you to join in. It's the Friday edition of the Drive. Bill, Dan, Justin Ferguson just underway. So come on in and join us. Let's get back to the drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. 
Welcome back into the drive here on this Friday afternoon. 22 minutes after 4 o'clock, sun back out. As we said, it's uh, been sort of an overcast day. Looks like, I mean, a slight chance of rain, but uh, looks like great weather for baseball this weekend. We mentioned at the top, uh, Auburn-Alabama baseball. Pretty but, big one. Uh, yeah, I'll tell you what else pretty big coming up in less than 10 minutes over on W. Lee, Auburn and Central playing mm-hmm. in the 7A semifinals. Uh, Scott Bagwell with the uh, with the play-by-play action from over in Phoenix City. And if I remember correctly, those games in the regular season between Auburn and Central were very, very competitive. Like I think pretty much a, well, lot, a lot of them were very close. Auburn beat Central at Central. Central swept Auburn at mm-hmm. Auburn. Yep. And that's why Central was the the area champ and why they're hosting today. But yeah. Auburn knows they can win over there. They they know they can win over there, defending state champions. Um that that will be a that'll be a whole lot of fun. And uh, yeah, and then then Auburn University baseball tonight. Yeah. You think about how tight the race is for like standings and seating and all that in the SEC. Um and then you, if you're Auburn, you know, I think, I mean, from from a very very uh, casual observer, um you know, you you feel like if you have a really good weekend here, you could pretty much maybe not nail down, but come close to locking up your chances to host a regional and 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 get in a really good spot. Definitely should should be able to host a regional if they can take care of business. I mean, it's crazy. Um, Arkansas came in the number three team in the country. Auburn was number four in the RPI. Mm-hmm. Uh, they lose two out of three to Arkansas. They dropped to ten. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they. But then they they go to Troy and beat Troy and they move back up to number eight. So it's yeah. like uh, you know, well, it feels like something we've been talking about <laughs> since at least the advent of the BCS is like boy. Sometimes these algorithms we understand this. You know, yes, there's science behind it, and they're not trying to skew it in favor or. But sometimes you'll see it happens in net ranking in RPI too. Yeah, in men's oh, basketball, yeah. well, you'll you'll see a, a curious result and then. A huge swing uh, for one team or the other in, in that, and at some point you just say like that's you know the good it's, it's thing like, there it's, is it's like trying to predict the weather right it's like all right well maybe that's maybe that's just the way it's 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 it, I guess we get rain today well uh, anyway Auburn is still a high uh, has a has a high ranking mm-hmm. and yeah if they can take two out of three here. If they can win four of the next six, four of the final six regular season games, they'd be four games over 500. That would almost assure them of a top 10 ranking, and that definitely should be good enough to get you a, at least hosting a first round, hosting the regional. And if you got past that, you'd be in a pretty good position in a super easy, depending on how the, right. how the rest yeah, of the field but I mean, shook if, out. If, if they win at least four, then they very well may be a top eight national seed. And if you are, then then meanwhile, you, just, you know if you if you can hold serve, you're you're hosting a super. Meanwhile, easy. you've got Alabama coming in here, who is fighting for their lives uh, when it comes to the NCAA tournament because. I think with Bama is they lost a lot of weird midweek they've games been losing, this year. And they've been losing a lot lately. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, when they went up and beat Tennessee, yep. it looked like, ooh, this, this team is yeah. going to be better than people thought. But I don't think they've won a series. They lost the last two games of that Tennessee series, and they haven't won a series since. Yeah, and, and last uh, I think it was last weekend, if I remember correctly. They, they swept by LSU, I think. Yeah, and they were up. And uh, I, if not in all three, I know in at least two, they were in a, they were in a good spot to, to win both or two of those games. And So, yeah, I mean, like, but they know if they come and, and have a good series against Auburn, 
they could get right back into the conversation. Well, they'll have another opportunity next week with Arkansas too. Good news, bad news situation, right? I mean, hey, you got another chance to you got yeah. another, you got another chance. A chance to really up your stock if you can win. Yeah, it's just the problem is you're playing Arkansas, who's right. you know one of the one of the eight best teams in college baseball right now, and, and a team that you know it seems like with uh, the, the way we related it to a color yesterday was. Auburn is in really good shape, barring a really disappointing last six regular season games. Auburn is in really good shape to host in regional play. They're in the conversation right now for Super Regional, but there are more than eight teams yeah. in that conversation, and some someone or more than one oh, yes. uh, is, is going to get left out. But Auburn could right now be, you know, that they could be one of the teams. There are probably, what, four or five locks if you looked at the national. Like, oh, those are, those are teams that are almost assured – of, of home games that they get to super regional play. Everyone else has work to do, and that includes Auburn. And, and the other thing to keep in mind, and I know they shouldn't do this, but they don't want it to just be overloaded with SEC schools. They don't want the, 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 yeah. the top eight national seeds it, to... Do, do you think because, George, I mean, softball you think, has to deal with that all Do you time. think Georgia's in the picture to, to be a... Georgia is definitely in the picture. I mean, they're 13 and 11. They Did they... Win last night was that there? That was a they. they I haven't seen the score. The I, I, you they know, played, I did I, not. I, see, I think they I played last the night. Score. Didn't see the score, but but yes, I mean, uh, you, you know that Tennessee and Arkansas are going to be national seeds. LSU and A and M are both fourteen and ten. Um, LSU is is thirty three and fifteen overall uh, with with that with that fourteen and ten uh, conference record, uh, and you've got uh, you've got Georgia at thirteen and eleven. Like I said, Auburn also uh, thirteen and eleven. Those are the only teams in the SEC above five hundred. Vanderbilt's twelve and twelve, uh, thirty two and fifteen <laughs> overall. I think Vanderbilt with a strong finish to the season puts themselves in, in the mix. To I mean maybe. Uh, you know, if they can maybe finish, be a top sixteen. If they can maybe? finish above five hundred, maybe. maybe. Yeah. Oh but, yeah, yeah. But they would be. I think they would be one of the teams in danger of. There's a bunch of other SEC teams. Maybe there's not going to be an appetite to have. I mean, how, how many do you think the most? You know, at, uh, uh, out of sixteen, we've, we've seen ten. They'd want. They'd want to let. So ten would probably be the the cap. You oh, think? ten would. I think ten would absolutely be. I don't know if you got. I don't know if you got an eleven. I don't know if you got no, an eleven no, no, conference. No, you know, I don't, I don't no. know if you got eleven. Teams it's in this it's usually more likely eight or nine. I mean. But right now see. you've got right now you got seven above five hundred in conference play, right? Overall, and then and then also or no six above five hundred in conference play, and then Vanderbilt's twelve and twelve. And and what Auburn? The other thing Auburn is playing for is to try to be a top four seed in the SEC tournament, where yep. you get that buy. So I mean, a lot on the line, and it's Alabama. It's so, a, yeah, yeah. So it, and it, a desperate Alabama, and the, yeah, and the final home series of the year. I <laughs> mean, on, right. on top of everything else, you know, for some of these guys, the last home games they'll play mm-hmm. uh, in the regular season uh, at this uh, at this ballpark. So yeah, it could could be an emotional series and a uh, and a big one. I'm sure I'm sure Auburn Auburn would love to go ahead and kill Alabama's hopes of making oh, it yes. to the NCAA tournament if they if they had a really good weekend. They, they, they uh, just about could yep. if they swept. Yep. All right, we need to get to our bottom of the hour break. Love for you to join in on the Kia of Auburn hotline, 334-321-1390. Bill, Dan, Justin, here in the Wow Business Studio on the Friday Drive.
The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. And on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Friday afternoon. Bill, Dan, Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer. Justin, while we've uh, got a little time, and, and of course, we, we'd love for you to call in. But uh, while we do have a little time, talk about what all you, you've got up at the Observer right now and what you're working on. Yeah, uh, I have, uh, this week I've done a story um, where I kind of went position by position for Auburn and looked at, Hey, here's where here's where the roster st- sits right now. Here's what they could be interested in in the in the portal. Here's what it looks like in 2023. Just kind of like a rundown of, of roster construction moving forward. Wrote a story earlier this week on Wesley Steiner. Uh, really interesting player because I think we've the last two years we've heard about him talked about so highly um, for a number of reasons. And this is going to be the year. It's finally going to him and Cam Riley. They're going to have to turn them loose with with Owen Papo. I uh, had the Julian Phillips. Uh, story earlier today. You can read all those. And then uh, a couple of podcasts this week, including one we put out today with uh, my buddy uh, Alex Kirshner of Split Zone Duo, where we talked a lot of uh, college football, uh, SEC football, some Auburn, and uh, including one uh, topic that seemed to pick up a lot of steam this week um, in, in, in college football, where it's uh, pod scheduling. We're back on pods again because it looks like now the NCAA is going to make it so that you don't have to have divisions to have a conference championship game anymore. Yeah, and and I've heard a lot Uh-oh. of talk You're about get heard, Bill going on pods. Yeah, I've heard a lot of talk about the pods. Again, I'm I'm more for the SEC model, which really isn't pods, where you don't have to lock everybody the SEC, in. The SEC basketball, SEC model, basketball, right? The, gar- the guaranteed, yes. yes. Three I mean, guaranteed the opponents. ACC is talking about that yeah. exact same model. The ACC idea, though, I like that better than just locking better. you yep. in. To then making four subdivisions, right? There's, then, so you're, then you're stuck with those, you know, those teams. Yeah. I, I think I think you uh, you can you can balance it. And actually have more of the teams that you'd like to play or you're yeah. used to playing. Yeah. There's a detail in the ACC scheduling, though, that I think Bill will not like. Do you, do you know what we're talking about? So the, the ACC is tossing what, out the three, idea five, of 3-5-5, five. Five, five, which would mean th- five opponents one year and then the other five opponents the other year. And you sort of alternate between yeah. two sets of – like, I, I think there's – No, that's how that's how the SEC would work. It would be 3-6-6 for the SEC. Right. See, but now would it be six six opponents you play one year and then six the next year? Yeah, I, thought I, it was, I, I thought it was three in a rotation. No. Oh, so th- – Six and six. I think I like you play, three. A, I think you I think play, I like three in a constant rotation of the others more than well, because I mean, more than seeing a team one year. Than I know they used to do uh, see a team one year. There are different year ways you go, could do it. I mean, you could go. But the three six six model is basically so that you guarantee you play everybody every two years and you play at everybody every four right, years. Right. Yeah. I mean that's and it's six six. However, because, however because you, you have do 16 it, as long though. as you're getting an opportunity to play everybody that right. yeah. often, I love it. Whereas the ACC is. At fourteen and whatever, the, I, right. if they switch to a pod schedule, what does that mean? Or this whatever we're going to call this system, what does that mean for Notre Dame? Is Notre Dame is like, and they'll have this, and then they force people on top of that to play Notre Dame because that's how they have their current schedule yeah, schedule format know. is now. I don't know. Is that they have that deal where it's like they have to play like four ACC teams every year or something like that? It's like three or four, 
And uh, it would be, yeah, uh, it's the best way. Three, it's the best way to do this. With a three-five-five, there are still four out of conference games, right? I mean, I still yes. think they're going yeah, yeah, yeah. to they're going to be able to find a couple of right, ACC right, teams right. to take in Notre Dame. But it's like, yeah, it's like if you're trying to get back, like you have to. That's an extra little like no when bit no, in Notre Dame and BYU start to worry when the big conferences want to play ten conference games, and then it's like, well, well where, BYU's going to the Big Twelve. That's right. BYU would have had to worry about this back when they were yes. an independent. But that, you're, that's, yeah, now it's that's when Notre Dame has to join a conference. Is when it becomes all right. We want ten of our twelve games to be conference games. Like where where is the yeah. you know wh- where's where is the budget or where's the room for for Notre Dame in in, in that sort and of ten uh, and ten fit like ten is very imbalanced. This is where this is where a three six six model makes you, a ton you of don't sense. you don't like the idea of of a 12, 12 game regular season with ten conference games. It's just it's harder to yeah, it's harder it's to balance it's harder if, to balance it. Yeah. If everyone in the Power Five was doing it. I'd say go for it. I'd say if, if yeah, all five if all five teams in yeah. the Power Five were saying we're all going to ten conference games, I like I'd say hey that sounds that sounds like everyone's getting more bang for their buck because what that probably gets rid of are your games against one double A and well, FCS. Like it, it feels like you would lose non competitive out of conference and, and, games. And I am still in favor of having one of those. Sure, because well, it basically subsidi- subsidizes and, and the lower until, level un, un, until we see the the power the five breakaway. Break yeah, right. Yeah. And so you know, and if that happens, then then I could see going to like a ten game. But, but I would schedule. agree that that under the current situation, it's just under, hard to balance balance the schedule with ten under the current uh, rotation at least under under the current rules under the current playoff rules. Unless you've got a broadcast partner willing to pay a lot of money for you to go to ten conference games a year. It's probably not the best thing for any major conference no. to do because you you are probably hampering your chances of sending one or two teams to the college football playoff. Right. the The SEC has not been hurt by the fact they've had eight compared to other other leagues having nine. So it's like <laughs> get, forcing everyone to ten is not necessarily the best thing in the world. No, that's that's like uh, uh, commissioner like like Commissioner Sankey saying you know we don't care about expansion as long yeah. as we're getting. Half the teams in the playoffs. I mean, if you're if you're going to be in this day and age, which is where we're at, and, and there's no going back, where every conference is big, huge, you know, you got to do something where it just has more rotation. If you're not going to play a true round robin every year, like the Big Twelve has been doing, because of how small it is, it's like, well, okay, <laughs> then you need to do something where you rotate it around. Yeah. There's no reason. Oh, you don't need to go eight years without seeing a team. Florida. Yes. Yeah, that was that was insane. How many times has how, yeah, how many Missouri? times has Missouri been here? Zero. Zero. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they're coming I this year, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. No, there there are some crazy and and the thing I the thing that would the one thing that would give me pause about a three six six. Meanwhile, you play out South Carolina back to back years. The, the, the every other year, you're one less home game. No, no, I, I would say my concern would be maybe you have a team where it breaks that one year they're playing a bunch of really good teams and one year they're... No, no, I, I know. And, it, and it's you like... Balance, that's, yeah. that's, that's, you that's, Auburn, gee, Auburn can go, oh, could that ever happen? No, 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 but but there's no... I would say the concern would be you have you have a year where you 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 play a bunch of really, really... And then you have a year where it's where you don't. I would, I would, I think a, ro- I think a rotation would would make that less likely than you. You would constantly how would you have. Rotate? How are you going to How are you, you going to rotate, rotate an odd number yeah. of teams? That's the that's the problem with a three with a nine game conference schedule. Is you, I mean, you would yeah. you would take a, I mean, you would just you would you would need what six out of the remaining. <laughs> 
You would have three, three, three permanent opponents, and then six of the remaining twelve. So instead of doing six and six, you want to do six. What, what three probably three and three? You want to go three, 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 yeah, and, three some, and then three, and the, yeah, yeah, it's like something like that. Wow. Yeah, three permanent, <laughs> almost yeah, three, three permanent opponents, and then a, and then a, a rotating. So you're still playing them back. You're still playing threes back to back, but it, yeah, and then it's in a weird. Yeah, I, ah, I, I like yeah. the three permanent opponents. I just wonder about how you calculate who else you play from your league. You know, and there's. I think that no, there's no perfect system. No. You know, there, there's no, there's no because if you if you draw something up to be fair now, it's not necessarily exactly. going to be the case right. in five years. And and if you're rotating everybody this often, it's as fair as it can you get. Could, Once you, upon a time, you, the SEC East was a, was like really good. You could draw it up. Case you could draw it up every year. You could go NFL style and oh, just draw it, draw it up every year based on what happened last. I know year. you could and, and have a big and have a big unveiling. <laughs> I mean, I still, I still I wish non-conference scheduling was like that, though. I do kind of like. I mean, the the fact that we schedule games twenty years in advance is so stupid. It's not. It's not a perfect system, and it's not exactly what I want. But I do remember the night they revealed the two new games for everyone's schedule in the twenty twenty season. When they remember, because they had to add two conference games to everyone's uh, yeah. to, to everyone's schedule uh, and play a ten game conference only so season. That, but the two. The the night they announced the two new games for everybody, that was a fun night of television. That was like that was an exciting. That's all it is. That felt like a yeah. You know that that felt it's manufactured like, drama. That felt like when they revealed the the draw for for soccer tournaments, which yeah. is something. Now I'm speaking your language, Justin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when they hey look, man, I've I've you know I have fixed I have fixed college football playoffs forever by making it into soccer's version of the championship. Sure, and he wants and rele- you and, and you, you want can, relegation too. And, yeah, do all that, yeah. but no, you're not you're not living in that reality. So <laughs> so you find. No, not yet. So you find a way. Well, that's a power five breakaway makes system, relegation less likely. By the way, yeah, true. The system that I came up with is all about smaller conferences. Everybody plays everybody else, and then you move. On, then you feed into it from there. Okay, well, the, you know that's a far off. Like it's it's fun. It's a thing, but yep. you're in this. Why why do conferences have fourteen and sixteen teams in it? Because it makes more money. And that's all. This is going to matter. Mm-hmm. You know, when you started talking about. The conference conference is going past sixteen, which has happened before in, in in some basketball leagues. Like, yeah, you're just just loaded up. I do wonder though if like the ACC counters or if the Big Ten counters. But then you get to the point now with now that all now that Auburn now that the SEC has picked off Texas and Oklahoma, it's like okay, what do you what do you want? Like, who does the Big Ten have left to get? Who does the ACC have left to get? Other than convincing Notre Dame to get over themselves and be and be a uh, a team in a conference, but Notre Dame has no incentive to do that. Or propping, you know, making making a bet on a Group of Five program and thinking that because I mean, it's but it's, the Big Twelve just picked off probably right. all your best ones. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't that long ago that Utah and TCU and yeah. Louisville were were not necessarily were, you know group were not considered like, power conference it programs. Would, so, it I would mean, be fun if like if Cincinnati played in the Big Ten, just because of the footprint and, like, yeah, that would be a lot of fun. But, you know, they, they missed that shot. So this... Um, sure, well, the we, Big Ten didn't want them. We, we can always get into sort of, like, the, the science fiction aspect of, of what, you know, what college football could become if, if you know, the right people or, or the right, you know, or, or these right. decisions are made or that one. Um, looking at this, because you mentioned Wesley Steiner, like, pivoting back to this Auburn football team, linebackers a group that we probably don't talk about as much as some of the other position groups when we preview the team. There are some big pieces. I mean, Chandler and Zacoby 
played ton of, a ton lot of, of snaps, you know, yep. in, in in their Auburn careers, and uh, and there and there's also something of a, a gamble with Owen Papo. I mean, there's uncertainty as far as what yeah. he, you know, what he's going to be able to provide this season. Uh, what what can you say about the other linebackers and who is going to be called upon to uh, step up? Well, I mean, I think it's 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 obviously Wesley Steiner and Cam Riley, and and you can quarrel with who starts out of those. I think it's going to be one A and one B with Owen. Like you, like you need all three of them. Like you yeah. think about the. I mean, since I mean forever now, Auburn has played two linebackers. You don't play three inside linebackers anymore. That's just not how. It's just not how football is played anymore. Um, so who's the last Auburn defense coordinator that consistently have that had a true four three three linebackers on the field? Uh, Chizik, Chizik with Tuberville, Paul Rhodes, maybe Paul Rhodes, maybe because Roof didn't do it. No. Maybe Paul Rhodes. Maybe Paul, Paul Rhodes. Because you have the last to. You have that. You have played, have, in a, played in a conference where you could have three linebackers. If there on the field is a time, if there is a time where you don't have five defensive backs on the field, the ball is at the one yard line. That's a, that's pretty much it. Um, so I, you need all three of them, though, right? You know, it's kind of like the whole thing with cornerbacks. Yeah, two guys start, but you need three really good outside corners to survive in this league. So same at safety. So I, those two guys are the guys that have separated themselves among the rest of the pack. Um, at inside linebacker, you know, you've got a guy in in Wesley Steiner who is about the closest thing to Owen Papo that you can get. Um, athletically, Bill-wise, a lot of their same same accomplishments coming out of high school, very similar. It's just the fact that Owen was a five-star and Wesley was just a really high four-star. Um, and then you have Cam Riley who has really, you know, it it's taken him two years to now entering his third year. They have changed him from a guy who was kind of an outside linebacker, kind of an edge rusher in high school who did play some some box stuff, to now it's like they've transitioned him into playing like this is what you are. You're an inside linebacker, and I think well he looked. I mean the, he the physical like a transition almost yeah. when he came in. Yeah, when you bring him in and, and he's long and lanky and he and he looks a lot like a like a like a Dylan Brooks where it's like okay edge that yeah. makes sense. Bulking him up, though, because he's huge, right? Mm-hmm. And part of the reason why people kept thinking about, well, maybe he goes to edge. Maybe that's a place place for him is because he's so tall and he's so and he's so long. But now, for the first time in, man, I mean, how how long has it been? And I, I, I didn't d- dig deep about it. How long has it been since Auburn's had a line, an inside linebacker that big? It's been a while because mm-hmm. a lot of your really good linebackers from the Steel era – you know, and then and then going on before that, during kind of more of the dark ages of Auburn Auburn linebacker play, those are smaller guys. Now, great football players: Deshaun Davis, KJ Britt, Jacoby McLean, Owen Papo is another example. They're all great linebackers, and they got the job done. They're on the smaller end. This dude is like this is more Cam Riley size wise is more like what Alabama puts at inside linebacker is more of what Georgia puts at their inside linebacker spot, and that's where I think that's a really interesting fit with him in a three four. Base, I mean, Don, you know. Dontarius Thomas was twenty years ago. I mean, he can't. I mean, he, was I, only, he was only six two. I was six. I mean, six two two forty. I'm trying to think. I mean, he was, but he's probably the biggest inside line. I mean, has there been a bigger one since him? I, I mean, was was uh, um, Josh Bynes? Is, is no, Bynes Josh, Josh, Josh was Josh was maybe six three. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Jo, I, maybe, maybe Josh. But Cam six five. Yeah, Cam's no, you're six, right. I mean, Cam is Cam is yeah. He is the like Terminator size type of inside, inside linebacker, linebacker that you see at. These Saban tree type of defenses in the past, you see Kirby Smart get him at Georgia. It's like 
So they've turned Riley into that guy, which makes sense because Auburn schematically he's plays he's more Carlos like that now. Dansby side. That's what I say. Dansby was the last one I could think of, but didn't play that much inside, right? No. Dansby was an outside yeah, lineman, right? Back in the day, where, mean, but, back in the day but, where you could put three three guys right. on the field. But yeah, like so. Not uh, I guess that was my that's whole really point. The only not an edge rusher I can think yeah. of that's been that tall. Yeah, not tall. an edge rusher, a, a box linebacker. You got to go all the way back there, and it's crazy to think, but like. It's he is such a you know he's such an interesting case because if it works out it'll be really cool to watch I think because he is you know we talk about how the game is getting more spread more quick um, and and linebackers are getting smaller and smaller and you're seeing that kind of funnel its way into the NFL. Meanwhile, you have some dudes who've made it in the league at inside linebacker that are monster sized kind of guys. Cam Riley's one of those dudes. It's kind of like this. I don't want to call it a throwback, but it's also very like it's a tendency breaker for Auburn. You don't usually have those kind of guys because under Steele um, and then like Ellis Johnson and Ted Roof and those and those other defenses, you your base was basically, hey, we need two linebackers who can run out and play in space. Now, if you put more guys around them, if you put edges around them, you put a little more protection, a little fewer linemen in front. You can get these big, bigger guys. So the the bulk of the playing time, you think right now the plan would be Steiner. Riley, Owen Papo, you know, sharing mm-hmm. sharing with, that load and then with Joko Wells most likely playing a role. Um star is kind of where they've had him. Mm-hmm. And like a blitz a blitzing specialist. Like um, you know, we've he's That's a guy so, that, he's so close in the bowl game, right? I mean oh yeah. he's and, so close to that sack of the bowl. And in A yeah. Day he was all over the place as well. Right. He's a real I mean, he's a really good blitzer. And like you've got Eugene Asante coming in as well. You watched him at North Carolina. A guy that doesn't have like a ton of like crazy production to his name, but you watch you watch his film and you see kind of his athleticism and all that. Um, kind of seems to be more like a coverage guy, you know. So you'll find places roles. Des Tisdale could find a role, and then like who knows? I, I think a linebacker. If if uh, if you get it here in a couple months, and or you get around you get around to fall camp, and it's like whoa, wow, Robert Robert Woodyard's a guy you can play right now, you know. Wouldn't be surprising at all to see him carve out a role, but I think you're going to see role players kind of emerge behind that 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 big three there. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. That's the Kia of Auburn hotline, and it's also the number you need to call right now oh, well. if you want Kenny Chesney tickets. Whoa, that's right, Kenny Chesney and company performing live next Saturday night at. Mercedes-Benz in Atlanta. We've got one more pair of tickets to give away. And there goes the phone. And then we got someone calling in right now. We will give Drew an opportunity to get that info as we get to our final break of hour number one. Stick with us here on the Friday Drive. The Drive continues. 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 The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. And on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Yes, it pays to listen. Right. To the drive, and uh, we want to congratulate Derek for picking up a couple of tickets to the uh, Big Kenny Chesney uh, show with Dan and Shay, Old Dominion, and Carly Pierce, also there at Mercedes-Benz Stadium next Saturday in Atlanta. Oh, 
Congratulations to everyone who listened and won tickets all week and want to thank everybody who was uh, trying to get tickets for uh, for listening. And we could, you never know, we, we might have more cool stuff to give away at a moment's notice. And uh, this promotion was courtesy of Auburn Network and ESPN 106.7. But if you want to listen to some Kenny Chesney music, uh, check out our new country station, Tiger Country 104.5, featuring uh, the best country songs of the 70s, 80s, 90s, a little bit of early 2000s in there. You can hear some of Kenny Chesney best music on Tiger Country 104.5 uh, here in the Auburn Opelika area. So give that a listen if you get the chance. And congratulations to Derek on winning tickets to see Kenny Chesney next Saturday night in Atlanta. That is right. Uh, we're coming up on our top of the hour break, approaching the halfway mark here on this Friday. Uh, we'll get an update on Auburn High. That, and of course, Anything you want to talk about, love for you to join in on the Kia of Auburn hotline as we head into hour number two of the Friday Drive. W294AR Auburn, WGCCHD3 Waverly, Auburn Opelika's sports leader, ESPN 1067, a broadcast service of Auburn Network Incorporated. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. And on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome into hour number two of the Friday Drive. A nice-looking Friday afternoon. Looks like the start of a beautiful weekend. Hope everybody has uh, has has uh, some good plans for the weekend and looking forward to it as much as uh, as much as you ought to be. Don't don't overdo it, but maybe find a way to get out and enjoy the nice weather this weekend. However you want to. Yeah. Right. You know. Yeah, it's, it's careful. It's not overbearing yet. Just wait till next week. Enjoy it while you it lasts. You see the highs yeah. Oh, yeah. for next yeah. week? Yeah. We're yeah. talking mid to upper 90s yes. yeah. by the middle of next week. I'm glad you so. enjoyed yeah, I hope everyone enjoyed the three weeks of spring that you got. Uh, this, that's like two weeks more than we, <laughs> than we usually get, it seems like. But, yeah, looks like a nice weekend coming up. A lot of, a, a, a lot of things going on. A lot of baseball, especially, going on. Yep. Auburn High and Central are underway in uh, game number one of their best of three to determine one of the participants in the 7A state championship. And uh, right now they're scoreless. As, uh, and they'll they play, play two in, tonight. Yes, they will play two. And uh, if necessary, one at noon tomorrow. And uh, we'll keep you updated. 
you you can check that out over on uh, on our sister station W Lee. That's right. Go to ninety six three W Lee on your radio dial here in the Auburn Opelika area, or you can stream it. Go to aunetwork.com and click the W Lee tab, and you can listen to Scott Bagwell call the game live. But that game scoreless early on there in the uh, second inning right now. We'll keep you updated as we move along. And then coming up um, a little over two hours from now, this is a late start. It's a late game. TV. Ah, 7.30 first pitch, Auburn, Alabama. another one beforehand? Hmm. Or is it softball? Did softball push him back? That might be what it is. What now? Uh, like why is it? Why is it so late? Like they they can't possibly that, be trying to fit another baseball game before. No, but it, no, that, no. That, that does feel it, a little bit later than may, they usually it start. May be, it may be soft. Maybe the yeah. maybe the tournament. I don't I know because that does feel a little bit later than they start the national game on on SEC. I baseball. mean, last last Friday it was a seven o'clock. Oh, right. Okay, all right. So it was seven o'clock last Friday at seven. That is tonight. a late. That is a late start for they a, are, for a baseball game. They are going to do. Um, they, they are going to have a doubleheader tomorrow on. Um, Oh wait, no, uh, no. I, I guess I think it's today. Te- no, Georgia and Tennessee are playing yeah. right now. That's yeah. why George, Georgia and Tennessee are playing right now on SEC Network. Well, that's Auburn, a semifinal, so it is. Isn't it? So it is a double. No, 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 baseball. Oh, baseball. Georgia and Tennessee are playing baseball right now. They started that game, or, or they're going to play at five thirty uh, Eastern. So I guess that game, yeah, that, that game, game has started starting four thirty yeah. Central. Started so, at four thirty. Still, you know. You can get you can get games yeah. in, in three you can get a hours. college baseball game so, in in three yeah. hours. That's why that's why especially Auburn's Friday back. usually Friday games your best pitchers. Yep. Game game two. Well, it's game two of Tennessee and Georgia though because they played they played that's last true. night as well. That's but they're true. playing they're playing the game at five thirty and then Auburn and Alabama. Wow, will so they're start. Try, so they're trying to fit two two uh, two pretty big baseball games on on the same night. That, that's cool. right. So so Auburn and Alabama will start after the Georgia Tennessee game uh, finishes up tomorrow. Uh, doubleheader on the SEC network with Kentucky and South Carolina, and then uh, Ole Miss and LSU. But those games are both day games, noon and three o'clock. So yeah, they're trying to trying to get a lot of college yeah. baseball on the SEC network here as the regular season uh, winds down. Again, I, I don't cover Auburn baseball, but I keep an eye on it. Seems to me, though, from what I could, I can tell, it seems like Auburn's getting healthier at the at, at just the right time. Um, you know, getting a. Uh, Getting some reinforcements in d- down the stretch, it it, it seems like, and uh, I hope I'm right there. Um, didn't they just get some get some guys back uh, who who were hurt? Well, Burkhal- yeah, Blake, Burk- Bur- yeah, Blake Burkhalter uh, pitched uh, a little on Tuesday night against Troy, mm-hmm. and says he's good to go for this weekend. That's huge to get your closer back, and then Hayden Mullins, who yeah. had been the Friday night starter, and I think a lot of a lot of us had felt. Well, when when Butch was talking about him uh, having the same type injury that kept him out for three or four weeks, and there were three or four weeks left in the season, that he might not be back. But Hayden's going to try to see if he can give them an inning at times, um, knowing that he's going to be limited, but maybe it's not nothing that's going to no. cause any more damage. And then once the season's done, go ahead and get it get uh, get it taken care of medically and try to be you know full speed next year. Yeah. So yeah, so that's nice. Get get a lefty there in Hayden to be able to come in, give you an inning or or face you know some tough some lefties. Matchups, yeah. And then Blake Burkhalter, the guy that uh, you, you want there at the end of the ball game. Yeah. Plus they built up a little depth uh, this past week. I mean. Um, Carson Skipper has been the other guy there in the bullpen, um, but Carson Swilling stepped in and on Saturday this past week came in with Blake Burkhalter warming up in case he was needed. Carson uh, came in and shut down Arkansas and uh, and and wrapped the game up. So 
it's good that Auburn has built a little depth there in the bullpen as we head into the final couple of series of the regular season. Yeah, and uh, earlier this week getting the win at Troy, I mean, that's – I know Troy baseball is not quite what it used to be at a, at, a, at, a, at its at its peak in the Sun Belt, but, like, hey. It still means so much. A win away from home. When you're, when home, you're playing. Yeah. yeah, when you're, when you're and you playing never an SEC lose, team at home. <laughs> also, you never want to lose to Troy in anything. Like, if you're an SEC team in state, like, you, you like that's a – you know, you don't well, want you don't want to lose to Troy or That's right, or Jack's dead. I mean, you yeah. don't, you don't want to lose to those fra- other schools. I'll phrase that in a way that's not quite as uh, reductive to a group of five programs like Troy. Let me let me oh, say. Hold that. on. No, here's Come what I on. mean. Here's what I mean. Here, here, here's how I would phrase it, Justin. You know that when you're playing a team like Troy, if you're an SEC team, you know you're going to get their <laughs> best in shot. But in state, in in state, especially team as well. But, but if you're playing a team from a group of five, yeah. you, you know you're going to get the best shot because a lot of those kids maybe feel like you know that there, yep, there's a little exactly. bit of resentment that they exactly. should have been you know that they should have your spot and, and they're at Troy instead. It's also 100 percent why Auburn will never play Troy in football. Sure, or women <laughs> or women's basketball at at, 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 <laughs> yeah. at, at this rate. Yeah. So uh, no, it's I, uh, I am surprised Auburn football is playing South. Like I, I, I just I like I know South isn't as his no and, not historically because it's a brand new program. And, but. I, and you know what? Since we're on the subject anyway of, of you know sort of fantasy scheduling, I think it's I think what Bruce Pearl has done as far as taking the show on the road yep. is really really cool. And I don't know uh, I, I don't know if all of the ink is dry as far as next season in men's college basketball. I don't know if I've gone on the air with this with this belief. I think Auburn should go to Georgia State early in the season next year and help them open that new basketball arena. They got a new basketball arena at Georgia State, downtown Atlanta, next to the Braves. Uh, they're, they're opening their, their brand new one. They just played their last year at, I mean, a, a gym. At the sports that, arena. I mean, that's a gym that, a, a, that junior colleges shouldn't be, shouldn't be playing in, you know, at, at a competitive level. And it was a Sunbelt, it, it was, it was a Sunbelt. Uh, gym, uh, they've they've built a really really nice new facility uh, downtown over by over by the old Turner Field. Yeah, over over by the old Turner Field. They're going to start playing games in it this nice. fall. I'd love to see Auburn make a trip to downtown Atlanta the only thing, and the play o- them. The only thing about that is is that they might still be going back to Atlanta for that neutral site for sure. that neutral site thing because it seems like that's a thing that they're going to want to keep keep up. But like, all, like I would expect Auburn as uh, pretty much every season to play a game in Atlanta if they can, and that would be a good way to do it if, if they don't have a neutral side. And Bruce, is, I mean, it feels like we've seen more than half of the Sun Belt in the last few years anyway yeah. out of conference. Yeah, too. You were willing, the, the Georgia teams, App State, you know, you were Bay willing, Beach, I mean, Troy, South Alabama. I mean, you were willing to do home-and-homes or two-for-ones with like the St. Louis's and the Murray States. Yeah, Georgia State. Would be yeah, and they, I thought you were about to ramp up and say that Auburn should go to Troy. And so that arena might be a little too small. I mean, Trojan Arena is great. I, I could see gra- why. It's yeah. a great. It's a great arena. I, I think that the um, you know if it were brand new, you know if they were opening Trojan Arena, I think it'd be a really cool gesture. I could see why maybe the Mitchell because Cen- the Mitchell Center at, 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 at in Mobile is huge. USA yeah. USA's yeah. got a huge uh, facility, and, and it, then and then UAB. There's you know even if you don't play at Barto, like there's there's a number of of spots. And I think if Scott Cross went on a roll and and there was like you know maybe more of a demand for a showdown between these two teams, yeah. you know. Maybe it'd be it'd be cool to see, but I think right now, yeah, that that's I think the gestures that he's making in state to to go play. Same thing, same thing is like yeah. you probably won't see them go play like North Alabama or you know, just wait. Well, it would be different if it was like a UAB and then like South. I think South's just an interesting case just because their 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 facility's so big. And it took the it took the NCAA tournament folks to get Jacksonville State on the uh, on the schedule as well. So there's some other there's some other stuff going on there with Auburn and Jacksonville State where maybe those those two teams don't want to. For for whatever reason, well, those two coaches don't coaches, want to see each yeah. other in the regular season. But uh, no, I, right. I just think it'd be really cool to take that trip to downtown Atlanta with Georgia State opening uh, their new building. And I'll, I'll throw I'll throw that one out there in case uh, in case it lands in the uh, on, on the right desk. 
Yeah, I mean, I know they they have more games to to settle. They're in, they're not done. Right. They're not completely done yet. Even though they are taking a got a West Coast swing a, next year. That's a fellow who um, I know a lot of folks thought uh, he was going to get. I, I'm blanking on his name right now. The new coach at Georgia State, but he's the he's the guy. He, a lot a lot of folks were thinking he was going to get a uh, you know one of the one of the major conference jobs. He was one of the candidates. He's um, oh, but the, the, the change, start uh, start a new subject and I'll tell you the Georgia State coach's name. We'll get we'll get back to it. Okay. Um, yeah, no, I, I like those ideas. Uh, you know, and I've talked about this on our podcast before. I'm in favor of two for ones if Auburn could line them up in football with some of these group of five schools, or I guess some of these now are going to be like new Big Twelve schools, um, such that, as such as a Tulane, where you go you go there once, have a game in New Orleans once, but then you get two home games here. Make those just kind of. Reaching out a little bit and getting some getting some more interesting trips on the schedule. Not necessarily a game that you feel like. I mean, if you're going to go play Baylor, you're going to go play Cal. You know, folks would want to go to. You know, you, you could pitch easily uh, Auburn at in New Orleans for a weekend playing too late. Memphis. And then and the, Memphis. Yeah, before before everything happened the way it happened in the coaching carousel, I would think UCF would have been an example there. Don't think that's going to happen no. anytime. South Florida, South, yeah. South would be an interesting one. Maybe Houston, maybe Houston. They've got a they've got a pretty oh, nice a nice huge, stadium. Yeah, yeah. Big, big big Auburn contingent yeah. out there too. And, and I would I, it would be cool. It would just be cool to to see some see some of those like that. You've seen some other conferences try or some other schools try that in the past. It's a good basketball scheduling measure. Like, in, it's not really for much for the traveling crowd. Um, but like when Auburn did the two for one with Murray, that was a really good, was a really good series. I think you could do that in football, but since football has a smaller schedule, it is more of an event to go somewhere. So, and I don't know if you've ever been to the new. It's not new anymore. It's a few years old at this point, but. The on-campus stadium at Tulane. No, you know, have not. Very, very called, nice. Called the game this year. Yeah, uh, Auburn um, when they were there for the um, Sugar Bowl a few years back when they played Oklahoma, they practiced there, and it was like brand new then. Um, very, very nice, very nice stadium, very nice Group of Five stadium um, there. That I think, yeah, you could get a lot of people. You could convince a lot of people to to, to do that as much as you're going to try to convince I mean, people to go to Cal or UCLA. I, I called. I've called a game. I called a game at Tulane uh, this past year, and my first year uh, with Troy, uh, they played the Sun Belt tournament in the uh, stadium that UNO, uh, the arena that UNO uses, Lakefront, uh, yeah, Lakefront yeah. Arena, and that is. Uh, the it's uh, weathered. Um, it's mm-hmm. it's a it's a cool facility. But you where does tell, Tulane play basketball? Tulane plays. They have a they have an on campus. They have their own. Yeah, they have an on campus gym. Um, but it's uh, uh yeah. And then and then uh, UNO has. I don't know if the Lakefront Arena is on campus or near uh, UNO's uh, campus. But it's a but but they the Sun Belt used UNO's arena for a really long time before moving the tournament to Pensacola. And that yeah, I think Tulane's got the nicer one, but. Jo- Jonas Hayes was the guy. Jonas Hayes. Jonas Hayes was Xavier's coach uh, after they made a change, won the NIT uh, with uh, with Xavier. He was a Georgia assistant for about. He a decade. was the one everybody wanted to be to go to Georgia. Yes, yeah. Jonas Hayes yeah. was the was the people's choice for Georgia. Yeah, because he was a Georgia player, right? Yes, he was, yeah. he was a Georgia player and an assistant for Mark Fox mm-hmm. uh, for for like was instrumental in them getting Contavious Caldwell Pope, if I remember correctly. Yes, and was yeah, uh, think, was yep. was an assistant at Xavier who did a good job uh, when he got the interim job after they made a, ch- a change uh, during the season and won the NIT, beat Texas A and M in Madison Square Garden. Uh, Georgia the State, NIT. Georgia State's a really good job. Like like it, that. Oh, with a new gym too. Yeah, I mean, with I a mean, new gym, with a new gym. I mean, there's enough. There's enough Metro Atlanta guys. 
you think about you think about the like Auburn has has gone into the Metro Atlanta area and has recruited so so well, but you know you'll hear stories from Bruce and his assistants all the time about a three star kid or a kid that might not might not have been SEC level. I mean Wendell Green Jr. was a perfect example. No, he, I know he's not an Atlanta kid, but Wendell Green Jr. was a perfect example where these guys that play in AAU and in high school with the five stars and the high four stars and these big you know big McDonald's All Americans guys like that Jordan Brand classic players there's really good competition there and there are dudes who might not be quite as big enough or might not be quite as skilled enough but like they're going to be battle tested because they played against some of the best of the best if you can go in there as a Georgia State head coach and pick off some of those guys. You could build a really, really good mid-major basketball team. Well, they haven't been firing their coaches either at Georgia State. I no, mean, Ron I mean, Hunter went to Tulane. Ron Hunter went to Tulane. Speaking of Tulane, uh, it's amazing. Yeah. You know, another connection there. Um, I thought Ron Hunter would have been a decent choice uh, for the University of Georgia. You know, as, as a yeah. guy who, who did a, a good job in Atlanta and then left the state, but would come back for the right job. Uh, Rob Lanier. Uh, was the coach that they hired after Ron Hunter? Uh, Rob Lanier left for SMU uh, this past after after winning uh, at at Georgia State. You know enough to get the SMU job instead. So they've had two coaches move on for not necessarily uh, jobs at superpowers, but but quality uh, quality coaching jobs. And now they've got and, uh, SMU, Jonah, and now, SMU has proven that you can get the talent there. And jo- and Jonas Hayes, don't be shocked if he wins at Georgia State and it, oh, yeah. and it raises the eyebrow because, of a more prominent program. Because if I remember correctly, you would know that more, a little bit more about, about this than me, but the men's basketball, state of men's basketball in the Sun Belt, there's really not one just like superpower. No, it was, you'll, you'll see It's wide, a pretty wide open league. You'll see wide fluctuations where a team is, uh, is, is the, I believe last year, Little Rock went from worst to first. Like you'll see teams, you'll, in, in ways that you don't see in the major conferences very often where a team will, will go from, uh, not invited to the conference tournament because they were one of the bottom four, uh, to, uh, getting a bye. In the following years, who won it tournament. last year for them? The men's was con- app. It was uh, George State. Or the regular season or, or conference tournament? Who, who went to the tournament out of George State? George State. George State went. To the, they lost to Gonzaga. I think in the uh, in in the, in, right. in the in the first round of the of the NCAA app tournament. was there last year. I think app was the tournament representative. Louisiana played great in the Louisiana was the middling regular season team that had a great conference tournament and, and, and almost won the thing in Pensacola. But no, George State's that that's that's the powerhouse team in the in the Sun Belt right now in men's basketball. 334-321-1390. That's the Kia of Auburn Hotline. Let's get to a call before our first break this hour. And Jerry is up. Hey, Jerry. Hey, guys. Um, I like Dan's idea about going to Georgia State. I was just curious about what the seating capacity is there. It's a great question. At the well, the, the arena's new, so I haven't been inside it yet. But I can uh, I can try to get some specs. I'm sure they've. Uh, They've released, you know, information about how how big the new place is going to be. Seventy five hundred, seventy five hundred seat arena, yeah. Yeah. pretty good. So a little bit, you know, yeah, that's that's not bad, not too far off no, from Auburn. Right. Right. And yeah. I think I think if it were in its first season of existence and the Auburn Tigers came to town, I feel like there'd probably be seven seventy five hundred people there. Absolutely. Oh yeah, I believe so. And one other thing I noticed this week is that Auburn is going to Israel mm-hmm. in August. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can as a as a uh, college basketball team, you can go on an overseas trip once every four years. Last year would have been that year that Auburn could have gone, but with COVID and all that, made it tougher to went, go. Went to Italy in twenty seventeen, the right? year yeah. before they made the run and won the SEC, right. or the the summer before they won the SEC title. So uh, yeah. very instrumental, and uh, they're going to be playing the Israeli national team and the U uh, twenty team twice while they're over there. And an important an important trip for Bruce, you know, who's very passionate about mm-hmm. uh, Israel and uh, and and the um, 
and and, and very big on yeah. very big on what they're going to get away from the court. Yes, uh, as well. As yeah, really uh, good competition over there. Tri- yeah, great trip. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for y'all. Talk to you later. Appreciate the call, Jerry. Let's get to our first break of hour number two. Love for you to join in. 334-321-1390 as we continue here on the Friday Drive. Time to churn up some more yardage on the drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Friday afternoon. Bill, Dan, Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer. And, uh, Justin, again, we, we you talked a little bit about some of the things you've got there at the Observer. Let everybody know in case yeah. they, haven't, they haven't gotten it, how they can. Yeah, auburnobserver.com. Check it out there. $6 a month or $60 a year gets you access to it. If you go to the website, you can click around. Uh, read, you know, you can get you can get the previews of our all of our newsletters for the week, and uh, and our podcast. You can listen to our free podcast anywhere you listen to your podcast. But yeah, Observer is uh, AuburnObserver dot com is where you uh, get all the all the uh, all of our stuff, and uh, it's easy to sign up. It takes like twenty seconds. And had a had a great conversation with oh dads and grads also. There you go. But by, by all means, a great a great gift for the hard to shop for Auburn fan in your life uh, with. Uh, all uh, you need is their email address. That's right, and, and then they're in. And uh, and yeah, between the podcast and Justin's great writing, you can uh, you can stay up to date on a lot of so, cool so, stuff. So is uh, like the 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 earlier version since we just had it was it like moms and proms and then moms and and <laughs> I, you know what you, know you know what might I mean? you I, might want I've to trademark. Never heard that. I've never heard moms and proms, but yeah. I mean that would be perfect because that's what happens. Yeah. Earlier, you should trademark that like ASAP, yeah. Justin. Justin, get on that. It let's, just hits me, man. We'll, we'll cut you. We'll that's cut you. Good. In. We'll cut you. In. It's pretty good. The um, no, that that, that so uh, yeah. Ju- the the work uh, Justin does at the uh, at the Observer is uh, vital if you are trying to keep up with Auburn sports. And what's uh, what's amazing is there's not really a lull anymore because with the transfer portal, oh, no. uh, even times when we used to think, okay, well, you're not going to get you're not going to get a lot of news right now unless there's. Uh, unless something has gone drastically wrong, that's not the case. Well, I mean, you you might get you might get a story about a player considering Auburn or or deciding to come to Auburn in in May or June in in, in ways that you used to not. I'm I'm gonna say this, and I'm gonna try to make it so it doesn't sound bad. Oh boy, you know I, I'm gonna because I think there was a story that came out today at a at a at a rival of Auburn's. Um, actually, there's a couple of SEC schools that are dealing with this right now. But it used to be in the summer when I first started off doing this. The summer you were usually on high alert for something that happened away from the field. Oh, if so it, nothing if, to do if with football. news in the summer, it's usually bad, bad news. Bad news. Yes. Think about it, the end of the Malzahn era, and then so far in the Harson era, you don't really hear that anymore. And it's not like that; those problems just went away altogether in college football. I mean, there are a couple examples today of it happening. But I, 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 I was thinking about that earlier this week. I used to be like early on, especially when I worked for places where you had to write literally everything that ever happened. Um, like you would, you would be on alert for yeah. like arrests you or check the, check the guys old, get suspended. The SEC blotter, right? You yeah. have to check to see what... And, and you're right. There and used you don't to be... have that anymore. So, And it's refreshing because like now in the summer when you talk about stuff um, like on here or like what, what I do in the newsletter, the podcast, 
it's about it's about the actual sport. Like it's about the actual game. Yeah, we'll talk about NIL and junk like that. But like I I, I did find that I was thinking about that early days. Like how many times in the summer I had to write up something where it was just like, man, this is this is tough to like. You don't want to have to talk about it. You don't have Too to deal with that. Too personal and not, not right. nothing that has nothing to do with sports. Instead, I think now the benefit is is that you know. I mean, people are not people just, are keeping their nose clean, and that's not, a, and that's a good thing. And that, but that wasn't always the case. Well, it's not just no, nothing to no, do with sports, right? right? But it's it's so weird to watch people digest. Like Jerry Judy got arrested yesterday, and it's so weird to watch people digest that for like fantasy football purposes. Yeah. Of like what what's the fantasy impact of 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 Jerry Judy? You know what I mean? And it feels like, like this feels like we're overly trivializing well, I, I like got, real I got real well, I got real, in, in, I got real in, messed in up May, on that. I mean you've got a little while to determine it's I got real messed up on that when it was the Trevor Bauer situation. Oh, sure. Yeah. Like, when people would talk about that I'm like, hey, hold back, on, like hold on, hold on, hold on. We have <laughs> let's let's not talk about any of that in, in regards to like well, and there's a, and you're there's, discussing Trevor Power needs to be about what happened and not necessarily oh, but what about the sports well, impact? It's like mm, I mean, well, and my and my sympathy too is for like I I understand there is there is a balance where if something happens like a player is arrested and suddenly there's a hole in a lineup, you there is an aspect yeah, of what's that team going to yeah. do with the yeah. hole? But it, it's not you know it just feels weird. Well, it, it's, it's like, different it, in college. It's, it's an it's an impact. To that organization, so, it just—it's not. Yeah. It, it's it's like it's yeah. It's it's well, a shame if somebody's fantasy right, team right, is impacted, right. but that's Here's not an nearly example. as important. Yes. Here's an example. Last year, the Marcelo Zuna thing happens with the with the Braves. Right. They end up having to go on the offensive in the trade market for outfielders. End up winning a World Series oh, using a lot of those guys who were picked up. That's one thing. If you well, that's what I mean. It if has a an college impact football player, with the organization. If Nick Marshall gets gets cited the week before SEC media days, I mean, it's all about that. Like it's it's college sports. Like you're not like like what are they going to do to replace that guy? It's like well, it's a little different when it's a pro sure. sports team. College just looks like well, here's what happened. Like mm-hmm. uh, there was uh, there was a really good player in the SEC, and I don't want to get in get into all of it, but like. You know, because again, I hate I hate it when it becomes like that becomes the attention. But there's a really good SEC football player today, uh, where news came out that he, that he had been he had gotten in trouble with the law, right? And it's like, well, that just happens. Like <laughs> that that is the story. You can't really say anything. It was like, well, how are they going to? Repl- well, they're not going to replace him. It's just everybody knows that this happened. You know, so it's I I think it's really refreshing. So like when you get to come on here, what you guys get to do every weekday, it's like, oh, y'all are actually talking about sports instead of like. You know, there was a stretch where it was a there was a lot of stuff going on. Well, when it yeah, when it when it becomes such a big story that we you know we we gotta devote some attention to it. That's one thing. But generally speaking, we we'd like to stay on you know yeah. in, you know on on field and like it's not like it's not going to ever happen again. But it's like the rate of it happening is just a whole lot less than what it used to be. And I think I think that that benefits everyone involved. So you're saying and and just so folks know, Justin Ferguson saying lo- local police departments are on board now <laughs> in, a, in a way that they they weren't before to sort of overlook. Look, man, when I was look, look man early on, I used to have to go get the police reports and check. Sure. And check and make sure because i was asked to do that and it's like that's not fun there, there's yeah. no part of that where i'm like this is cool like i'm glad i'm doing no, you this. didn't you know you, you didn't think in journalism class you were going to be examining no. mug shots to find a familiar name yeah. or face in the in the world of like when i was at the plainsman i would have to go to the police department and get and get the reports and literally sit there and go through them and it's like okay well i know i don't want to do this for a living but yeah there's some people who do that 
All right, uh, as we get near the bottom of the hour, let's update you once again on what's going on over in uh, Phoenix City. Auburn and Central playing for uh, the uh, in, in the semifinals of the 7-8 baseball playoffs. And Auburn with a one nothing lead as they play in the bottom of the fourth. Here we go. That is uh, that is future Auburn Tiger Ryan Olson on the mound for the Tigers. Uh, so current Auburn Tiger and future Auburn Tiger. Yeah, How about that. That's right. So the pipeline is flowing. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so so again, a good start there. We'll continue to update you, and we'd love for you to join in. Give us a call here on the Kia of Auburn hotline. 334-321-1390 as we head into the final half hour of the Friday Drive. Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive. Final 25 minutes here on this Friday edition of The Drive. Bill, Dan, Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer. Uh, Justin, it's, uh, I mean, something we haven't really touched on. I mean, uh, recruiting definitely going on. I mean, we talked yeah. transfer portal. Um, we haven't really talked football recruiting at all. I mean... Have we have we talked to uh, have we talked to Justin about Daz? Yeah, J- Daz had just committed when because I think it was after the show Wednesday last yes. week that Daz Worsham picked Auburn, and so we talked to you a little bit about yeah. the latest edition. Uh, but that seems, I mean, we were saying in the last hour, linebacker seems like something that when we analyze, you know, the, this upcoming hey, Auburn's team. Auburn's got some kids coming in this weekend. That, I mean, mm-hmm. all, yeah, linebacker. I mean, that, that's a receiver is a group that's you know the, the whether it's the current group or the the targets on the recruiting trail that's right. un, that's getting a lot of attention like that's that's under scrutiny of fixing this passing and improving from from what it was in Brian Harson's first year in part because that's one of his calling cards as a coach right he's he's supposed to be a Gotta quarter, have a quarterback whisperer and a guy who can who can develop and, quarterbacks at at a, at a, and, a high and when, level and when you talk about what you expect from Auburn this year right General consensus nationally, elsewhere, you look at Vegas lines, you look at numbers and stuff like that. It's like general consensus is people are down on Auburn, right? And the, one of the big reasons is that statistically, statistically, sorry, if you have to replace most of your passing game, it's usually not a good sign for year to year. Now, it can be done. It can, it can definitely be done, but like that's your, that's the whole thing right there. That's, that's the ballgame. Like, yes. Auburn is going to want to be a team this year that runs the ball with Tank Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter and those guys. They want to play awesome defense. They're going to want to, you know, they're going to use their special teams to to win that way as well. But you got to be able to throw the ball, and you got to be able to throw it down the field. Down I mean, the not, field, not not well, I mean, just you know, can't be five yeah. yards and yeah, line, line of scrimmage. You know, I mean, I mean, it was a week ago we talked to Al Borges, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, what did the 2003 Auburn Tigers have? 
right? Going into that great season, running game. What did you and... have in 2003? Yeah, you had, you had, you had, a, you had a lot of talented guys on defense with bright futures. You had a running game that everyone would envy. Correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't the 03 team like really hype going or was that 02? Oh, that's no. O, that's 03. Very, very hype. That's 03. 03 yes. was the team that was a preseason. Dan's uh, Man, Don preseason Com- magazine covers. Yeah, preseason yeah, national championship. Don Terry's Thomas and Carl's Dansby cover yes. on ESPN. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, right. and, and, and there was also like a sleeper uh, USC team that year. Uh, that people thought could be pretty good, although they had to replace Carson Palmer, and, and there was this and Matt- surely it would take them a lot, yeah, a lot this, to replace Carson Palmer. This Matt Leinart kid was coming in, not not all that highly touted, and you know he was going to have there were going to be some growing pains, and he, you know, and anyways, but but that meanwhile you got to watch out for the you got to watch out for Georgia Tech that year too. But it's I mean, but no, but when, when you think about be scared of Reggie Ball, when you think about what's different between 03 and 04, I mean the the, the passing offense, oh, you yeah. know, from from I mean that that was one of the things that made oh there was yeah there, there were there were a lot of folks that didn't think Jason Campbell should. Be the starter, right? When you when you add when you add a little bit, and the guy know, ended up being first round pick. I know 04 had a, more than a little bit of, of success with the passing offense, but when you can start that, I mean, it opens everything up. And I think that's sort of when you look at the 2022 team, you're going to need something to open things up for those yeah. for those running backs that that you believe can do uh, really really well if, if if they get the opportunity. Got to. I mean, yeah, you and I'm not a I'm not a type of guy because like there's a. With what LSU and Alabama did in 19 and 20, respectively, you know, and, and Alabama just pretty much gave up on running the ball last year, um, there's a tendency where you can get too analytical and you can get too stat nerd and be like, well, you just got to be able to throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the It's like the whole thing in the NFL that running backs don't matter. Well, no, really good ones really still matter a lot. Um, it's better to have a really good one than not have one at all. It, but you do notice that that uh, the worst teams in the NFL are, tend to also be teams paying running backs a lot of money. It does. It does. It, it's it's tra- that's and trended downward. The, and or, then there are the Tennessee Titans. You're right, and, and the, the Tennessee Titans are a noteworthy exception. But there are yeah. there are sort of cautionary tales of oh. oh that's why you don't either invest a lot of draft capital early in a running back right. in the NFL, or you don't want to pay a guy right. a ton of money when he's approaching yeah. his prime. And I know some teams have probably taken that to the extreme of oh you're that's you're, the, you're drafting a running back before the fifth round. You know you're yeah. And I'm not, and I'm not of the opinion that like, yes, it is like, like I said, what's going to make or break Auburn this year is if they can throw the ball or not. It's the reason why people are down on them, and that's what's going to have. Like, if Auburn's going to be better than expected this year, it's because its passing game is going to be better than expected. Period. Like you, you kind of know what you're going to get out of your running game. You kind of know what you're going to get out of your defense. Like you could, there will be fluctuations, but like those, that's a good foundation. You got to be able to throw the ball. But I will say this: there's, there's, uh, <laughs> there's a uh, a. Tendency to think that, like, well, can you win in college football still by running the ball? And I'm like, did y'all just not watch what Georgia just did? Yeah. And, yes, Georgia had an elite defense, one of the best defenses we've ever seen at the college level, right? But they also had a guy that everyone was convinced was the wrong starting quarterback, and they won a national championship with him. So, like, I'm not of the belief that says, like, if you run the ball more than you throw the ball, you you can't win big in college football. That's not... But Again, you better you you better do some things very well. You better run it very well. And in that game, yes. in that national title game, Sesson Bennett threw some dimes. Yes, now, he's not a guy you do, you wanted to throw the ball 30, 35, 40 times a game. No, but he had some well, huge games last yes. year. But I would even and I would even say because that because of their ability to run the ball. 
Primarily. But even if you take Alabama and Georgia out of it and you say, okay, well, Alabama and Georgia and the 2000, the 2019 LSU team had the kind of talent where it's difficult to look at anyone else in the SEC and say, well, we'll do, do what they do and you'll make it work. I mean, Texas A&M and Kentucky and Arkansas have had success with run-heavy approaches to varying degrees in the last couple of years as well, right? I mean, I know there's been passing offense as well, but I mean, you're looking, yeah. I mean, A&M was, I mean, Jimbo Fisher's not somebody who's going to throw the ball 75 percent of the time like that, that's i mean that, that's not really uh some, something that's been his calling card eh. throughout and they and, and he likes to likes to give the yeah, i think kentucky's a great example kentucky although arkansas like, how about, how about I, I like your thoughts on we asked barrett salia about this earlier this week and it's i know it's just one guy's opinion you know i don't don't care but <laughs> the the cbs nfl draft guy who has will levis will as levis. the first overall pick in next year's well crazy I mean, yeah. Did, did you? I mean, watching him. Did you ever think you were watching a guy who? Now, I, I I know of NFL draft guys I like, and that I would tend to lean on more than any other else. And they think he could be a first rounder, number one overall pick. Not not in feels, a feels bearish. Not right? not in a universe where C.J. Stroud and 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 Bryce Younger yeah are going to be playing know, that, quarterback that right? one, and, and maybe that and maybe Could will was, levis have been the first pick if you needed a quarterback this past year maybe maybe could have been could have been this, one of two it, quarterbacks taken in the first two rounds yeah in know. this in the in this draft class maybe but like i'm yeah levis levis is an interesting case because like people were not convinced he was any good at penn state and then he goes to kentucky mm-hmm. and well, i'm interested to see what kentucky does because what kentucky did last season is they ran an offense. <laughs> they ran an offense the last few years. It was just like we we think the we think the forward pass is a myth. Like we don't want to do it at all. And last year they get a quarterback. They lost. And, they lost at Auburn to start the twenty twenty season in large part because they decided to throw yeah. a bizarre forward pass on the goal line. Uh, right before half with their quarterback who can't throw with a quarterback who can't throw that was yeah. nearly run back for an interception. Yeah. But but a big reason for their success last year was Liam Cohen, who came from the Sean McVay tree and the Rams. He's back in the NFL already, and it's like, can you keep that going? Can you keep that going if you're Kentucky, or was that just a one off? That's what I'm interested in because like, is Levis going to be a guy who keeps that going? Um, because he was huge, and like Kentucky's got Generally, Kentucky's got I, some dudes at running back, I and think, like you want to you want to have that, but. I think I've I've turned to where if you give me the option of the coordinator can move on and you keep the quarterback or the quarterback can move on and you keep the coordinator, who's more likely to keep things rolling? I'd probably bet short term on the quarterback. Like, yeah. I think I'd rather I'd rather be replacing the offensive coordinator than the quarterback that that played really well. Um, at the same time, that's hardly a guarantee, and we've seen quarterbacks take a step back with with uh, yeah. philosophical changes. And, and, that or, was, and I think that's my thing with Kentucky is that. Context matters there because before last year they were running a prehistoric offense <laughs> through the air, and it's like, okay, what does it look like coming back? What is what does it look like now? Now that LSU, great example. What happens when Joe Brady's gone? Now I know Joe Burrow was a really big key, key to that, but if you remember correctly, Joe Burrow was at LSU before Joe Brady. You know, he right. was he was he, <laughs> yeah, he, and his numbers were uh, I mean his numbers were okay. 
His numbers were merely okay. So it's just very, very similar. I mean, that's where people were like, his numbers, his numbers were, were almost identical to, to Bo Nix's. Nix's. Yes. yes. That was what it was wild since, to think yes. about. Since we're talking about quarterbacks that, that it's a little different. It's a little yeah. different when you can like not be a college student basically and <laughs> and be a pro quarterback playing college ball. I which mean, is what Burrow was. Will Levis, you know, not not going to be on not on Auburn's regular season schedule. Kentucky's not on the uh, Auburn not seeing Kentucky this year. But uh, there are some interesting quarterbacks that, depending on how these battles, oh, I thought you were about, out, I thought you were about to predict an Auburn Kentucky SEC title. Not game. quite. No, no, uh, no, not, not quite. That'd but be fun. Your colleague uh, uh, Nathan King. Uh, did a piece earlier this week about I'll call him a colleague, right? You're a, you're sure. a friend, um, you know. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, that colleague, I was like, I don't work with him. Yeah, I know you don't anymore. work with him, but, <laughs> I I know, like, but, but I feel like uh, you know, you, you, painter. You talk painter. I, I call you. you know, I don't know, but colleague yeah, yeah. in the sense you're not not coworker, but colleague is yeah, fellow on the beat. Uh, and He's so, my friend. Uh, hey, we, yeah, fellow beat writer. So, yeah. so he he wrote a piece previewing uh, the the schedule and talking about the different quarterback situations for the teams that Auburn will face. Right. A couple of them are, are really interesting. You got the Western Kentucky quarterback uh, who is uh, who, who is. Uh, in his seventh year of college football, uh, originally from Bowling Green and West Virginia, Jarrett Doge, who Doge, yep. uh, who started Texas he, Tech. Yeah, he's he's, he's got a, a a lot of starts career. I think forty five is the number. Nathan and he's having her and he's having to replace one of the most productive quarterbacks the game has ever seen at and, the college level in Bailey's app. And what's surprising is it usually if you were facing a Sean Clifford or for that matter Jalen Daniels at you know if he, if he wins the LSU job like uh, Jaden Daniels mm-hmm. uh, if he wins the LSU job those would be the most senior quarterbacks you're going to face in a single year. Those are two guys with yeah. with 3 plus seasons of career starts under their belt. Auburn's going to face several quarterbacks like that. I mean, I remember in the past thinking, and maybe the transfer portal has accelerated that somewhat because now you can go get an experienced quarterback. Somewhat, somewhat. Well, no, well, no, but there, there's. I mean, Ole Miss isn't replacing it with a veteran guy. Ole Miss is going right. with either Altmeyer or um, Dart or, but, or Jackson Dart. But good lord, they tried. Yeah, they, they tried did. to get any, like literally any yeah. quarterback in the portal. You know, I I still kind of thought that was where J T. Daniels was was going to end up once once the the dust settled. He ends up at, at uh, playing for Neil Brown. Up once at, again, uh, up at I Troy, think but. I think it's it's pretty clear that J T. Daniels was not as good as I think everybody kind of leaned towards like, oh, he's big and he was a really good recruit in high school, mm-hmm. and it's like, and, and well, he there's had, a reason. A couple of really good games. There's a really good that a that a small former walk on continued to hold him off at Georgia and win a national title. At the same time, would you be shocked if Neil Brown? Like f- found a way to put the Rubik's cube together, and JT Daniels had a strong statistical season. Maybe at, in, the big, but, in the Big Twelve this maybe, year. Maybe, but it's like this. It doesn't prove anything. Yeah. It doesn't prove like JT Daniels having is, a great season in West Virginia right. wouldn't prove he should have been on the field. My for thing Georgia. is that this stage career, this stage career, Neil Brown is doing what he did at Troy, where it's like we're going to run the ball and play some awesome defense, and like that's such a tendency breaker in the Big Twelve, and it's such a tendency breaker for a West Virginia. That like it was cool and it might work. How much of that's quarterback though? How much of that's yeah. Neil Brown taking the approach? Because that wasn't that when Neil Brown had a quarterback that wasn't his approach at Troy. No. Neil Brown had years where quarterback. But his best year, but his best years was when they ran the ball and played defense. But, but there were there were absolutely times yeah. when Neil Brown would have a quarterback, you know, putting up what we think of air raid, you know, big time spread numbers. I just wonder if he has the right guy. Maybe it's J T. Daniels, maybe not. But there there are, uh, yeah, and, and Stetson Bennett would be another. Veteran quarterback that Auburn's going to see uh, on this, uh, you know, on, yep. in, in this in this 2022 season. Max Johnson has a bunch of starts under his belt, depending on what happens uh, with, uh, uh, you know, with 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 the Texas A and M uh, quarterback battle. Such I know a weird battle. I think he's going to win. I think I think he's really? better. Than, I mean, deep down, I think he's better than. I mean, we, but, but at the same time, what have we seen of Haynes King? 
Like, how do we evaluate? Right. How do we evaluate Hayes King based on? He was supposed to be the guy the last ga- year. The game and a half that he played before he broke his leg. So I mean, it's tough to it's tough to really know. And for that matter, pivoting back to Auburn, you were saying, you know, one one of the a lot of the preseason expectations are linked to preseason expectations about Auburn's passing offense right. this year. What do we know Zach Calzada is? This is a guy who was thrust into action as a backup quarterback, uh, yeah. you know, in, you know, for, for Texas A and M, and has never really spent. I think I think we know as much about Zach Calzada as we know about TJ Finley. I think it's pretty. I think it's pretty. I think it's pretty. Pretty much the same. They have the. They have nearly the same amount of starts, and both were guys who were th- in both cases for for TJ and all, you know, if you add up TJ Finley's starts and Zach Calzada's starts, they're about equal, and. It's pretty much the same kind of like workload. I think whatever you think of about TJ Finley and like what he's been able to prove or not prove at this point is that's that's Calzada. That's Cal that's Calzada to this point. But hasn't Zach done more than than TJ? Even though that's it's been about the same. Slightly. Yeah, like his numbers are not his numbers last oh, no, season. No, 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 his numbers are not good. Are, no, yeah. I know they're not great. And you don't want to be careful about wins he, and losses. I'd say he's beaten better teams. Yes, he was yes. also on better. He was also on better. Teams, he has probably. a yeah, he although, has a game. Although, although LSU's got, I mean, LSU had talent. It's true. And, it's not like yeah, LSU, LSU definitely no had talent. And my, and my thing there is that if you were the two things the the two things to me that stand out over Zach from Zach Calzada to TJ Finley, the two things that that stand out to me over over him. Are one his deep ball numbers are a lot better, much, throwing the ball much. throwing the ball down the field. He is he was better. He's been better than than Finley has been in his career. And number two, he has a better win. He has a better performance. He has a best game mm-hmm. of anybody that 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 is in Auburn's quarterback room. Of course, he's him and Finley are the only two that have actually played. But against an Alabama team, he blacked out and had an amazing game. Now, that level of play was not what Calzada did all season long. So. You know, you, there's some of that where you have to look at it that way. But, yeah, it's the fact that we know this dude's been able to turn it up at one point and, and be a really good team that way. And we also know that he can throw the ball downfield more efficiently and more consistently than T.J. Finley, which is why I think that a guy like Finley has a whole lot that he's got to overcome here. And on top of that, we just watched we just saw Robbie Ashford have a really good spring. Now, is it going to win him the job? I don't know. But what what we saw was it gives him a much better chance than than anybody thought. Yeah, when he came, it was yeah. like, oh, this is this weird wild card pickup, and it's like, oh no, this dude's got it. And like the talk at Oregon was that he was a really good player. Like like it was like, okay, at some point they're going to turn him loose, and it never came. And then uh, Mario Cristobal, you know, goes to goes to Miami, and. You know, I I I think you could go. I could go there either way. There, and it's like. Well, I think there was also the belief, at least before the spring, that maybe uh, maybe uh, Robbie Ashford was an odd man out because Auburn had a different offensive coordinator when he was recruited, right? Because there was the guy who specifically wanted him. Yeah, Austin Austin Davis uh, was you know involved was was involved heavily in Robbie Ashford's recruitment and Calzada and Calzada and was no longer. Around for the uh, for, for the you know once the spring started uh, for for either of those guys so that that's also something that I think raised some questions about you know is is this going to help TJ keep the job is this going to uh, you know could could either of these guys leave because of the coaching changes that have taken place since they uh, signed with Auburn um, you know it's 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 tough to diagnose from the outside I, I still um, yeah I'm I'm real hesitant to write off Calzada. 
Like no matter how well the other oh, guys no, look, right? You know, no, 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 like, no, 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 no matter how question. well the other guys look, it's like don't. No, uh, yeah, you know, no, d- d- no. D- you know, keep keep. Uh, I, I think if you wanted to put out betting odds, and and if you still had Calzada as the favorite to win the job, I would, I would. Uh, that agree. makes sense. Yep, that makes sense to me. All right, we need to get to our final break of the afternoon. We'll update high school baseball and uh, wind things down here on the Friday Drive. Let's get back to the drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. Final couple of minutes here on the Friday Drive. Quick update from Central, uh, where Auburn leading Central 1-0 in the bottom of the fifth. That is game one in that best of three. Let's quickly get to the phone and text. Hey, text. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. I'm actually calling local today. Cool. You going to the game? Uh, uh, Yes, I am. Good deal. I'll maybe see you over there. I will be there. So I might be in a seat that you might recognize. Oh, okay. Uh, so the uh, couple things. Heard you talking the quarterback situation. I would challenge anybody to go back and look on Twitter and all the sites that report about Auburn and look at the film of the pre – I called it the pre-look when the, when the media had a chance to go, who often film passing drills. And then – Watch the spring game. It will tell you who the two most accurate passers in that group are. That doesn't necessarily mean that's who the quarterback would be. But uh, Calzado was more accurate, and he was injured in those drills than anybody else. And Ashford was second. So that might – I would I, I would be surprised. I heard Dan say that, you know, that, uh, that Finley, I think, used something similar to being the returning starter. Uh, he has. That's not his job yet. Oh no he he was the he was the starter when the season ended right. last year. It's not. Yeah. It's it's not a you know a reigning you know defending starter. And he'll incumbent. be the guy who gets the most first team reps. Yeah, right. To, at, at the begin at the beginning. At the, okay. at, yeah. He he starts the competition, but I don't know how much of an edge he has because I, because he I, I, yeah hundred percent came agree. in with the job. Great stuff, Tex. We're up against it. Yeah. Appreciate it. the call, Tex. Uh, see you at the ballpark. Yes, Auburn. Uh, we, man, we'll have a lot to talk about when we come back oh, yeah. on Monday. Uh, with with baseball, with uh, I mean the weekend. What what happens is is uh, you know who's visited, who has decided what. We are we are just powering through the off season, right? Like I feel like college football, college basketball. I mean it, it's it, it be be here before you know it. You want, you want, you want, I mean that's it's it's coming soon. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Justin, hey, it's, it's uh, great having you in on Friday. One more time, let everybody know about the Observer, how they can get it. Yeah, AuburnObserver.com. Check it out there. $6 ah. a month, $60 a year. Yeah, good job. Have a good one, everybody. We're out of here.